0: Would you pray with me before we move on? Father, we welcome you here. We honor your presence among us. I thank you for the service that goes on here in this congregation, the way that people pitch in and help out. God, I am so grateful for the group that you pull together. And I pray that you'd, you'd give us wisdom this morning as we look into your word as to what it means to take initiative and to be proactive and how we can do that wisely. And so, Father, we, we welcome you here, we honor you, and we ask for your help as we dig in. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, amen. <clears throat> um, that video shows some ways that we take uh, initiative and we set out to be proactive in some tasks. And tasks that's hard to say, harder to th- easier to think than it is to say tasks. <clears throat> This could be a fun message, um, but anyway, it's uh, it shows some of the ways we do that all across life in relationships, which don't it doesn't jump out at you always that, that there's ways that you need to take initiative and be proactive, um, but all across the board in life, we need to do this, and so we're looking at how we as a group, and then we individually. Uh, can take initiative to make the right things happen in our lives. Um, Last week, we looked at uh, being cohesive as a group. God wants us to, to be unified because cooperation is essential in life. We can't do anything. We can't do life. You and I would not be here if somebody didn't take care of us when we couldn't take care of ourselves early on. We need other people. There's a myth sometimes that we don't, but we do. We, we need to, co- we can't do anything significant without cooperation, and it multiplies our efforts. It, it really does. Um, and then we talked about how godly cohesion is cru- crucial and the characteristics of that. Jesus prayed for it. He prayed for unity. Because unity in a group of people shows that God's at the center, and it confirms the real identity of Jesus Christ. As people watch as they get around, they're like, wow. Jesus really is who he said he is. He can pull this together, and people can move on. So uh, the characteristics of that are loyalty, trust, thinking the best of others, and helping out. That's what we looked at last week. Today we're going to look at the second characteristic of a legendary team, and it's being proactive. Here's Webster's definition of proactive. It's acting in anticipation of future problems, needs, or changes. We're not to just let life happen. There are some things that God wants us to make happen in our lives. Um, some of those for us now we're we're not the mover and shakers in the world, you know we're not the people who show up on the six o'clock news necessarily uh, but there are some things God wants us as believers, as we've committed to follow him. And if you're thinking about following him, this is what he's going to want you to get involved in. One of those is bringing other people to follow Christ as well. He, he wants us to try to take initiative to make that happen. He's given us that assignment. Another thing is <clears throat> to spark healthy culture. He, he wants us to, says in Scripture, to be salt and light. So he wants us to make things taste better. And he wants us to sort of be the kind of person that hands out spiritual potato chips. You know, like Lay's, you just can't eat one. That used to be, <laughs> probably showing my age there, but uh, that used to be the uh, advertisement for Lay's, you just can't eat one, you know. And unfortunately, that is the case. Um, but we're, we're to be salt. We, we're to, we're to, we're to be the kind of person that makes people thirsty to know Jesus Christ and we're to be light in the culture as well which means that we expose things as they really are and we don't need to be obnoxious about that and shine the light in everybody's face but we're we're to expose things and so God's plopped us in our wherever we are in our neighborhood at work he's put us in this congregation and he wants us to make the right things happen wherever we are. There are a couple of core elements of proactivity that I'd like to look at. But first, I want to watch another video clip. <clears throat> and this is kind of a long one. But I want you to watch it because it, it illustrates a crucial element of proactivity. And I think it will help make sense of the rest of the message for you. So let's watch this. It's from Facing the Giants. Uh, which is a, uh, a movie that was put together by amazing story, really. It was put together by a church in Georgia, and it got released in theaters across the country. Uh, only God could do that, frankly. But um, this is a great illustration of what one of the key things that we're talking about this morning. So, Coach, how strong is Westview this year?
1: lot stronger than we are. You already written Friday Night Down as a Lost Brock? Well, not if I know we could beat him. Come here, Brock. You too, Jeremy.
0: What, am I in trouble now?
1: Not yet. I want to see you do the death crawl again, except I want to see your absolute best. (laughs) What, you want me to go
0: to the 30?
1: I think you can go to the 50. (laughs) The 50? I can go to the 50 if nobody's on my back. I think you can do it with Jeremy on your back. But even if you can, I want you to promise me you're going to do your best. All right. Your best. Okay. You gonna give me your best? I'm gonna give you my best. All right. One more thing. I want you do it blindfolded. Why? Because I want you giving up at a certain point when you could go further. Get down. Jeremy, get on his back. Maybe <laughs> right, get a good tight hold, Jeremy. All right. Let's go, Brock. Keep your knees off the ground. Just your hands and feet. There you go. A little, little bit left. There you go. Gonna be good effort. that do we, Brock? You keep coming. There you go. It's a good start. A little bit left. A little bit left. There you go, Brock. Good strength. <laughs> That's it, Brock.
2: That's it. Not the 20 yet. Forget the 20. You give me your best. You keep going. That's it. No, don't stop, Brock. You got more in you than that. Hey, done. I'm just rest a second. You gotta keep moving. Let's keep moving. Let's go. Don't quit till you got nothing left. There you go. Keep moving. Keep moving. Keep moving, Brock. That's it. You keep driving. Keep your knees off the ground. Keep driving it. Your very best. Your very best. Your very best. Your very best. Keep moving, Brock. That's it. That's it, that's it. Keep going. Don't quit on me, keep going. Keep driving, it. Keep, keep your knees off the ground. That's it, your very best. Don't quit on me. Your very best, keep driving. Keep driving. There you go, there you go. That's it, you keep driving. Keep your knees off the ground. Keep driving. it. Don't quit till you got nothing left. Keep moving, Brock. That's it, that's it, that's it. That's it. Keep going, I want everything you got. Come on, keep going. It hurts! Don't quit on me. You're very bad. Keep driving. Keep driving. There you go. There you go. He's heavy. I know what said I'm strength. Then you, you negotiate with your body to find more strength, but don't you give up on me, Brock. You keep going. You hear me? You keep going. You're doing good. You keep going. You not quit on me. You keep going. It hurts. I know it hurts. You keep going. You keep going. It's
3: all hard from here. 30 more steps. You keep going, Brock. Come on. Keep going! Burn! And let it burn! burn. It's all hard! You keep going, Brock! Come on! Come on! Keep going! you promised me be your best! Your best! Don't stop! Keep going! It's, hard. Hard. it's not too hard! You Sorry. keep going! Come on, Brock! Give me more! Give me more! Keep going! Twenty more steps! Twenty more! Keep going, Brock! Ah. Give me your best! Don't quit! No! no. Keep going! No. Keep going! No. Keep going! Don't no. no. quit! No. Don't quit! Don't quit! Brock Kelly, you don't quit! get going! Keep going! Go, no, rock Kelly! You don't quit on me! No! You keep going! You keep going! Go, no, Brock! Ten more steps! Ten more. Ten more! Ten more! Ten more! Keep going! Don't quit! Give me your arm! You can! You can! Five more! Five more! Come on, Rock, Come on! Don't quit! Don't quit! Come on! Two more! One more! i oh! It's got 50. it to 50. I don't have
4: any more.
1: Look up, Brock. You're in the end zone.
2: Brock. You are the most influential player on this team. If you walk around defeated, so will they. Don't oh, tell me you can't give me more than what I've been seeing. You just carried a 140-pound man across this whole field on your arms. Brock, I need you. God's gifted you with the ability of leadership. Don't waste it. Coach, uh, can I count on you? Yes.
1: Coach? What is it, Jeremy? Oh, I 160.
0: of the core mental attitude that we need to choose in order to be proactive and that's to have a can-do attitude. Many times we hold back due to a self-induced mental block or actually the enemy hops in there. We have an enemy, those of us who've chosen to follow Christ. Uh, Satan steps in and helps us with those thoughts. And so we have this mental block, a mental barrier that keeps us from pushing through. We roll up in a ball on the floor and do nothing. And so this keeps us from taking the initiative to do the right thing. We, we have every reason in the Lord Jesus Christ. We have every reason to believe we can do it. And if you're thinking about following him, one of the things he wants to do is he wants to come in and help you Do what you want to do, what he wants you to do, the right that you want to do. So he wants to help you parent your kids. He wants to help you uh, do well at work. He wants to help you to learn how to be a blessing to the people around you. And you can do it. It may not look like it right now, but you can do it. He, He can help you begin to unwind the spiral that you're in. But sometimes we look at situations and we think, well, you know, if it ain't broke, I'm not going to do anything to it. I'm not going to fix it. The truth is, if it ain't broke now, then it probably is going to be at some time in the near future. If you don't take initiative to deal with problems and capture opportunities. In this life, groups and relationships and projects and stuff, they have a natural tendency to fall apart. Things unravel. We personally unravel, and things tend to, to disintegrate, and what we've got to keep doing is pulling things back together. We need the strength to do that. God wants to give us the strength to do that. This, this entropy, which a lot of times that's what proactivity is. You, you need to intercept the entropy, the, the unraveling that's going on. It happens in families It happens in church life and in ministries. It happens in businesses and in work groups. These things come apart. And we need to follow the Lord's lead and take the steps that we need to take in order to allow things to stay together. So we need to be proactive. And what you find in Scripture is we're pre-wired for proactivity. We're pre-wired to be proactive. God made us to take initiative. Genesis 128 says, God blessed them and said to them, speaking to the first man and woman, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air and over every living creature that moves on the ground. So he gave us an assignment, the first man and woman, and then us as well, uh, to subdue the earth. And that means to make earth your, your servant. It means to make it your servant. So we're to... Take the resources that God's provided on this earth and, as a people, learn how to use them for our benefit, for our blessing. Uh, we plant and grow stuff. And I've, I've wondered, you know, weeds. You have to pull weeds. You have to make earth your servant. You have to pull weeds and deal with stuff, problems, and things that are going on in order for the right stuff to grow. That's the way life is. It's, it's the way it is in dealing with the earth and in relationships and all kinds of stuff. But anyway, we're to subdue. We're to make it our servant, and we're to fill the earth, which has, it, it has packed in that command, this idea of expansion and exploration. God put this in us. He, he put it in us to figure stuff out, to take initiative, to explore the world, to expand. Um, so we, we f- go flying into space to see what's out there. You know, that's something God put in human beings. We're pre-wired. To take initiative to to explore and look around and find out what 's going on, not only are we made to take initiative, Jesus called us to take initiative if you 're a follower of his, he called you and he called me to step out to take initiative matthew twenty eight nineteen and twenty says to make disciples of all nations that takes initiative it takes planning it 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 takes uh dealing with problems and changes and what's going on in the world. You have to look at the opportunities that are out there and take the step to make the most of the opportunity that's there. This is our call as Christians. This is our assignment. This is one of those big statements in Scripture that gives direction to every part of our lives. It's like a mountaintop that everything else flows off of. It's a watershed statement. So uh, God made us to... Take initiative to be proactive, he called us to take initiative in Jesus Christ, and then it pleases God when we do good it's what you find out in Galatians 6:10 therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers so when we see an opportunity to do good, God wants us to take the step to do it and you know, you read something like that and you, we have opportunities every day to bless people around us. In our families, in our neighborhood, they crop up. Uh, here in the congregation, at work. There are opportunities all the time to really be a blessing to the people around us. And God wants us, as we see the opportunity, to take the step to bless people, to do good. In fact, so much so that if we don't do the good that we know to do, it's sin. So to not do good is sin, you find out in Scripture. James 4, 17, anyone then who knows the good he ought to do and doesn't do it sins. Um, one of the dangers in movies, in watching movies and TV all the time, is we watch them and we experience things. We see people go through problems, our hearts pulled and drawn toward the person, and we're enjoying our buttered popcorn while we watch it. And the the problem and the solution takes place within a two-hour time frame, and we go away, and we haven't had to do anything about it, and everything's been taken care of. So we get used to watching these mediated experiences and not taking initiative to do anything about it. But God wants us, right here and now, to do what we can about what we're, we're dealing with right in front of us, the opportunities and the problems and the needs that are right there. He wants us to do what we can. Now, we can't do, another thing about TV is that we know all kinds of causes and things that we can get involved in. And we watch TV and, you know, our hearts are drawn toward things. We can't take care of everything in the world. We can't. But The problems and the needs and the opportunities, that are right in front of us, right here, right now. God wants us to take the step, and he wants us to do what we can about them. Not to to the detriment of our own responsibilities. He wants us to take care of those because you can't get into doing good to the point where you're hurting the people who are depending on you because you're not taking care of your stuff. But the needs that arise, that are right there in front of us. God wants us to take the initiative to meet them. Now, here are some keys to being proactive from the Scripture. First of all, we need to learn what God says is right, what it's right to do. Here's a passage from Isaiah 1. And here, the people of Israel have been in rebellion against God, and God's trying to get their attention through the prophet. And so he's saying some things to them, very straightforward things. And he says, wash and make yourselves clean. Take your evil deeds out of my sight. Stop doing wrong. Learn to do right. Seek justice. Encourage the oppressed. Defend the cause of the fatherless. Plead the case of the widow. So, we aren't to just let injustice and things go on around us. We're to make some things happen. We're to be salt and light. We need to step in. God called us to do something. Now, as you get into the scripture, you find out what God values, what's important to him, what's on his heart as you soak those in, you begin to learn how to, you soak them in and you try to live out the truth of the scripture and you begin to learn what's right by trial and error, by practicing what you find in the scripture. As you learn that, then you, you develop the right reflexes so that you see opportunities, you see needs, you see problems, and you get direction from God on what to do about those things. So learning what's right, what God says is right, is important. Secondly, look for what God's doing right now in your life. Philippians 2.13 says, For it is God who works in you to will and to act according to his good purpose. God is working in you and wants to work through you right here and now. A good question to ask is, what 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 does it seem like God's doing? What does he want to do? And how can I cooperate with him in doing it? So many times, uh, we're in a situation, we want to be somewhere else, or we're in a circumstance and we're just waiting to get out of that to the next one. And we miss, exactly, we miss what God is wanting to do through that. Because the pressure of the situation, God wants to work in that, or uh the holding pattern you may feel like you're in god wants to work through the holding pattern but just like you know you're in a conversation and trying to talk to somebody and they get a text message then they have to answer the text message or whatever you know whatever's that's a real distraction it's harder and harder for us because we have these cell phones and things going on that connect us to the rest of the world constantly it's hard to be right where you are So it's a choice that we have to make to pay attention to what is going on right in front of you because God's at work right there. What life really is a flow of opportunities that go by. And if we're not paying attention to what God wants to do and to what God's doing right here and now, we miss them. We don't get them back either. So it's important to. Be right where you are. Look at what God's doing, and anticipate needs, problems, and or opportunities. Life and re- relationships—they're dynamic. They're not static. They're—they're they're changing all the time. They don't stay still. Um, it's that way in parenting. When I was, my kids are pretty much cooked. My daughter just turned 18, but. You know, right when you think you got your ha- a handle on where your kids are at, what they're going through, you feel good about your little plan that you've come up with for parenting them, they change. And it's a, new, it's a new playing field. It's, oh, I got some new things to figure out. And so that's the way it is. We've got to anticipate needs problems. Wherever your kids are, think about where they're going. Someday they're going to need to be on their own. What do I do now about that? If they're in elementary school. Someday they're going to be in junior high. If they're, if they're preschool, someday they're going to be in elementary school. How do I prepare them for the things that um, they need to do? One thing I've done right in my parenting, I've done a lot of things that I'd consider scary. But um, one thing is I started talking about dating a long time ago <laughs> when, when Lindsay was about 10. You know, hey, what do you say when a guy talks to you? No. That's what you say. So I got her. I got her pretty much ready for life. Um, so anyway, <laughs> that's an exaggeration. I said more, but <laughs> um, kids, you got to get them ready. And you yourself, you're going through. We go through changes in life. We go through. You know, we grow through different stages. Your twenties are good training times. Your thirties are good just getting after it at times your 40s or your 50s begin things begin to slow down, or they could. And you could take a break and check out. You have to make a choice in your 50s to continue to get after it and to go after the things that God has made you uh, to do. But anyway, we've got we've got to anticipate needs, problems, or opportunities. Um, the economy shifts. Ministry is constantly changing. We're changing. So we've got to pay attention. And be careful not to ask the major such question that it's tempting to ask. In Ecclesiastes, there are a list of questions that are called such questions. You don't ask such questions. One of those is, why isn't it like the good old days? There's a really simple answer. It's not the good old days. That's why it's not like the good old days. It's not them. It's these days. And God wants to do some things right here and now. He wants to help you focus on what you're dealing with and what you're handling. To do this, I'd suggest, first of all, that you ask God for insight. James 1.5 says, If any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to him. Be alert. One of the problems with being distracted from where you are right now is in conversations and in, in relationships. There are. I don't know about you, but I get twinges. Some somebody in the conversation will say something, and it's like out of sync. Doesn't make sense, man. And in in my heart, there'll be like a twinge. I wonder what that meant, or wonder why they thought that, or or a cringe. You know, in a group of people, there's like a you cringe at what's going on, and and if If you're distracted you're not able to take those to God and ask him to help you figure out what's going on in your kids and your friends and in, in the people you're responsible for in ministry um, it It really takes insight and wisdom from God to know what to do and that's the problem with not being focused on what he's wanting to do right here and now. second thing I'd suggest is uh, evaluate the current situation you got to have a firm grasp of where you are and what's going on before you know how to move ahead. Proverbs 27, you can read the whole verse yourself. It says you need to know the condition of your flocks. Give careful attention to your herds. Make sure you're looking over the big picture in your family life and if you're responsible for a team or a group in ministry. Look over, look over the whole thing. Take a 30,000-foot view and see what's going on. And then, as you try to get your hands around what's going on, Double-check your facts. Because when you step out to take action, you want to take action in line with reality, not with what you suspect is going on. You want to, take, you want to be in line with reality, so you've got to do your homework and double-check your facts. Don't move forward on suspicions. Move forward on what you know to be true. Proverbs 14:15 says, The naive believes everything, but the sensible man considers his steps. We suspect things, and then we take action because we've got to do something, and sometimes we can make a bigger mess if we haven't done our homework and double-checked our facts. Then finally, get get good input before you take action. It's the only real shortcut in life is to get help. If you're struggling in an area, uh, there's problems, there are needs, there are things that you're, and you're, you're buried. Like parenting is one of those You know, that can be that way. Uh, if you're really struggling in with your work situation or in a relationship, get input from people who are further down the road from you that are mature. You check, check out those people by looking at the outcome of their lives. How are their relationships going? What's going on with whatever it is you're dealing with? Uh, you want to find people who are down the road who have handled it rightly and get good input from them. Um, Proverbs 15, says, Plans fail for lack of counsel. But with many advisors, they succeed. So it's a very important thing. Then the fourth key to moving forward, being proactive, is to make your move before it's too late. You have a window of opportunity on things that will close and lock. And you won't be on the inside where you have access to the lock on the window to to lift it up again. You'll be on the outside looking in. You can't reach the lock. It's gone. That window is closed. This, this is true in ministry because we can go through life and not really pay attention to what's going on in the lives of the people around us. And we, move, we miss opportunities. We don't ever get back. It's true in family life. There, there's, your kids are only going to be their age once. So there are unique opportunities to their age that you can invest in and, and make a difference in. So enjoy where you're at. Try to deal with the problems. And take advantage of it. Don't act thoughtlessly. Don't don't just haul off and make a decision to do something that you're not sure about. But get good counsel, do your homework, and you're going to have to make a move. You're going to have to make a step because things tend to unravel, like I was saying before. And when you take the step, you're going to have to act in faith, not fear. It's going to require faith because... This is where you need the can-do attitude. God always provides on the edge of faith. I don't know about you, but I'd prefer to have everything figured out before I take the step. Where am I going to get what I need? Where am I going to have the energy? Where, what exactly is the third step? I can see the first two. I can't see number three. I I'd prefer to have it all figured out, but the way God works he shows you what you need to do. You take the step, and then he provides what you need to get the job done. That's, that's the way it is. So, there's always risk involved in life and what we're doing. And to get anything important accomplished, there's going to be risk. Philippians 4.13 says this, I can do everything through him who gives me strength. Paul is writing this from prison. On his heart are those couple of those things we talked about early on, bringing people to Christ and helping shape the culture, giving it a a healthy shape. That's what's on his heart. He's saying this from prison. God has always given me exactly what I need to do what he wants. If he calls you to do something, he will give you what you need. But he's not going to give it until you take the step, until you make the move to take advantage of it. Hebrews 10.39 says, but we are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed, but of those who believe and are saved. That's, we took the first step by putting our faith in Christ, those of us who have followed him. And that should be the pattern in our life. In baseball, I coached Little League at one point in my life. And in baseball, what you have to teach the little guys to do is charge a ground ball. That is extremely counterintuitive. Because when a ball is hit very hard and it's coming at you, your first reflex is to back up. When that happens, the ball eats you up. That's what you say. That ball ate him up. And it hurts (laughs) because baseballs are hard. (laughs) And so what you have to do is you have to teach the kids to charge a ground ball. Because if you're moving toward the ground ball, you scoop it up as you're moving forward. And that's the way to keep the ball from eating you up. That's, that's how it is in life. If you just let things go, it's not going to get better. But if you figure out what God's saying, what he wants you to do, and take the step in faith, he will go to work. He, he will make a difference. What you're dealing with right now will not go away unless you make a move. The opportunities won't be realized either. Because life, again, unravels. We've got, to, we've got to deal with it moving forward in faith as God shows us what we need to do. We trust him. And then, uh, finally, respond when God redirects. Because the interesting thing is, as you step out to follow God, he tends to redirect as you're moving. In his heart, a man plans his course, Proverbs 16 says, but the Lord determines his steps. So we have in our mind what we want to do, how we want it to go, and we step out to do what we think's right, and then we find out more about what's going on, and then God shows us we need to go another direction. We need to be open to that. That's the way he works. Hold your plans with an open hand. Make good plans. Make good decisions. But hold them with an open hand, because many times God, many times God leads you in a different direction as you start moving and as you step out. The key... Is to be moving. I don't know if you've ever ridden a wave runner or a personal watercraft, um, but it's counterintuitive because if you're about to hit something, you let go of the throttle and you lose control. You can't steer. You have to have the throttle on to be able to steer the thing. And so that's how it is in life. God, God directs as we step out to follow him. Isaiah 30, 21 says, that you hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. You You get some information on the front side as to what God wants to happen and what he wants to do, but he confirms your steps behind you as you step out to follow him. I've experienced that over and over and over again. You tend to keep walking into the fog. You know, you know enough about what God wants to take the step, but you have to trust him to give you the direction as you go along. And that doesn't mean you want to go forward with plans that aren't really thought thought out, but you do have to take the step. And God gives direction as you do. So you respond as he as He redirects. Finally, seize the opportunity before it's gone. It's the key to proactivity. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. This This all, all that I've been talking about, works on a personal level and on the level of a congregation as well. Um, I've seen over the years, as we've tried to do what God wants, he's always provided what we've needed. But we've had to seize the opportunities. There have been a lot that have slipped by, for me personally and for us as a congregation. And we need to see what's going on and seize it so that we can move forward. Getting into this building is a good illustration of we needed space the way churches are. If you don't have space, uh, you can't grow. And we wanted to grow. We wanted to bless. Maybe God would use us to bless more people and help them come to know Christ. And so getting into this building is an illustration of God providing as you set out to do what God wants you to do. He wants us to grow, so we set out to find a space. There was a small church in this building that I didn't feel right about moving in on because this room was okay but the small church was meeting back here and I felt like we would dwarf them and you know keep them from growing as well so began to pray about it talk to the pastor about swapping because where we were they could grow and it would be less expensive for them at their size and we could use this space well over a course of 8 or 9 months god moved his heart to swap with us he and his congregation thought that's right we'll do that So then we started making plans to to expand, to grow, and to to do what we could do here that we couldn't do at the other place. And God really honored that. This is the way God works. We set our heart on doing what he calls us to do. And as we step out to do it, he provides. We don't have it all figured out, but he provides. And it's, it's a really good thing. We saw that in the launching of Orange Crest Community Church. Josh. We're going to see that over this next year. As as we take the time this summer to think through goals and plans and how we're going to do things, we're going to see God come through as we set goals and we pull together, we pray, we work, we pull together as a congregation to do those things. Uh, we're going to see God come through because he, he does that. That's what he does. We've seen it over and over and over again. He provides for what's needed. So what are your next steps as a result of hearing this message, God may have spoken to you. Um, here are some possibilities. First one, I will ask God to help me adopt a can-do attitude. Maybe you're discouraged in an area, you can't see how it could happen, and you want to ask God. You want to pray. If you check that, uh, then uh, we we will pray with you. If you check it, put it in the offering, we'll, we'll pray with you about that. Um, Second step you could take is I will take initiative to do a right that I know to do. Most of us know what we need to do in situations. I'm going to take the initiative to, to do what I know to do. A third step you could take is I will get input on a situation that perplexes me. I don't know what's going on. I'm buried in it. I can't figure it out. I'm going to get some input on it. And then finally, I will choose faith and reject fear to seize an opportunity. You see it. You know it's there. I am going to reject fear and I'm going to choose faith in God as I move forward on this and see what he does. See if I've got it right. and Let him redirect me if I don't. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you for the truth that we see in your word that gives so much direction. God, I, I, I praise you for <clears throat> the help that you give in life that we can do it because you are so faithful. We can do it because you strengthen us, you inspire us, and you help us to accomplish your your purpose, God, as we set out to do so. So I pray that you'd give us, as we're dealing with problems, as we're thinking through things, give us insight. Help us to see what we need to do next. And as opportunities come up, Lord, help us to step forward and take advantage of those opportunities in a way that brings honor and glory to you. We ask for your help in all this, Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.
4: Hi, my name is Tracy Albright, and I've been married for four years, and I work at a community college. Um, I've been a member here at CIV for about five years, and I became a Christian in 1990. Um, About two years ago, I was asked to lead the Connections team here at CIV. Um, the Connections team's goal is to um, create a hospitable environment here on Sunday mornings. So that includes setting up the tables in the lobby with the name tags and information and preparing a coffee in the back and a few other little things. Um, at that time, I had been serving on that team for a couple of years, and I really enjoyed assisting the leader. Um, But I knew that leading would be different, and uh, I needed to consider some things. Um, I already knew that that team wasn't the best fit for my gifting, and uh, being the leader would mean that I would need to commit to being on the team for at least another year. And I also knew that my weaknesses would become a lot more obvious to myself and to others in a leadership (coughs) position. Um, So I prayed about it. And decided to accept the role as leader Um, when it came down to it I just knew the team needed a leader and I was being asked for a reason Um, and I knew that being a member at CIV I've committed to serving and at that time that was where I was being asked to step up and serve so I trusted my leaders that they knew what they were doing by asking me and I trusted that God was going to help me to get through it. Um, Once I started leading the team, it became quickly clear that it was going to be hard. Um, I had some good ideas, and I was able to make some changes that um, really helped the team out. But really quickly, um, some of our responsibilities started to change, and um, they were requiring more creativity and brainstorming and craftiness. And um, those are things that I'm not really gifted with. And so I found myself working really hard, doing things that I didn't enjoy doing. Um, And that was okay for a little while, but after about five or six months, I just really started to get burned out. And once I was burned out, it was really hard to be motivated to do things well instead of just getting them over with. Um, One thing that really helped me was a conversation that I had with my leader at the time. His name was Josh. Um, He just really encouraged me to push through and um, to do things well, even though it felt like a chore. He said that God really wanted to teach me some things. And um, even though it was a temporary position and something that I could step down from, um, he just really encouraged me to hang in there because uh, there will be things in my life that, like chores and that burn me out and I won't be able to get out of doing them so he just encouraged me to hang in there and just to rely on God for the motivation to get through that and one verse that really helped me with that perspective was Romans 5 3 and 4 and it says we can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials for we know that they help us develop endurance And endurance develops strength of character, and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. Um, An example of a time that God came through for me when I felt really defeated was um, we were preparing for a big event. And some people from my team and the special events team were going to get together and put together about 30 centerpieces. Um, This was one of those things that I didn't find particularly fun or interesting Um, but I knew that it needed to be done, and so I had um, purchased the supplies that we needed, and we got together, spent several hours doing that, and um, a few days later, it was about a week before the event, um, I got a call, and I found out that the uh, centerpieces were basically ruined. Um, Because of the materials that we had used to make them, they didn't work well together, and they basically became disfigured and we couldn't we couldn't put them out um at that point i had been working so long to um just hang in there that this just felt like the last straw and i really wanted to quit at that point um i talked to my leader greg and he was very encouraging he just said that god wasn't surprised by what happened that he had a plan and that uh, he was going to come through and the leaders here at civ they They really want this event to be successful, and they want my team to be successful. And they'll do what they need to do in order for that to happen. And so in this case, that involved buying more supplies. (laughs) And uh, we got the ladies back together, and we recreated the centerpieces with different materials. And um, they actually came out better the second time around. Um, The biggest way that God continually strengthened me through this experience was through people. Um, I had some really good women on my team, and many of them were willing to step up and serve in ways that could free me up to lead. Um, And many of them were gifted in areas that I wasn't gifted in, and um, it was a real joy for me because they were willing to do what I needed them to do. Um, And over time, there were some decisions made regarding my team that um, we really needed to utilize people and resources in the way that would be the most effective. And so actually some of those duties that were hard for me were actually eliminated, and that was very refreshing. It seemed like the few times that I was really discouraged, God put somebody um, there to really encourage and pray for me. Um, And the main thing that I learned through this experience was that I don't have to be completely capable of performing a task in order for God to use me through it. And actually, my weaknesses make him look better. And a verse that really helped me with that perspective was 2 Corinthians 12.9. And it says, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. Thank you.